Hey everyone, this is Alan Schimmel. Welcome to another episode of DevOps Unbound. Um, this is episode four of DevOps Unbound, and then we've also done two DevOps Unbound roundtables. So this is actually the sixth DevOps Unbound uh, event that we're presenting, and they've all been great, and I think this one is gonna be as good or better than any of them. Today's topic is app modernization and mainframes along with DevOps. Of course, it's DevOps Unbound. We've got a great panel lined up for you. Let me introduce you. First of all, we have uh, Sam Knudsen, and Sam is the uh, product manager, is a product manager for mainframe and agile uh, DevOps at CompuWare, a BMC company. Sam, did I get that right? Pretty much, Alan. Correct me, get it right for the record. So I lead product write. management at CompuWare. We are a BMC company, and we are focused on enabling Agile and DevOps on the IBM ZOS platform. Fantastic. And the lesson I've learned here is I'll let each of you introduce yourselves. My next guest is the one and only Rosalind Radcliffe. If you want to know about DevOps and mainframes, there's no better person in the world to go to. Rosalind, welcome, and why don't you give them a little bit of your back or your title and background? Thank you. Glad to be here again. Rosalind Radcliffe, IBM Distinguished Engineer responsible for DevOps for Enterprise Systems. So I help clients with their transformation to DevOps for uh, ZOS applications as well as application modernization and, and bringing ZOS into the rest of the world so you can do your cloud native development for ZOS as well. Excellent. Then we have I'm going to do my best here. Gerda Shegenaku of Tricentis. Gerda, how bad was that? Thank you, Alan. That was perfect, really. Okay. So, Gerda, your background and title? Um, so, I'm, I'm with Tricentis, as you said. Um, I have initially started at Tricentis in the customer experience space, where I was leading our customers through their digital transformation journeys, really helping them understand how they can uh, enable testing as a catalyst to really um, get DevOps working. And um, then I have moved into the product organization where I'm currently leading a team where we're releasing our first AI-based test automation solution, um, which is really about tackling the problems that we see out there, especially when it comes to app modernization and um, testing of old applications and new applications and really making testing easier. Excellent. And then last but not least is my sidekick, well, partner in crime, uh, Mitchell Ashley, CEO of uh, Accelerated Strategies Group and also my co-host here on DevOps Unbound. Mitchell, good to see you. Good to join you. All right. So guys, today's topic is app modernization, mainframe, and DevOps. Um, you know, it's interesting. I've been watching the on. I've been kind of binging on Netflix that AMC show. Uh, oh, Catch Fire, and I forget the name of it now. Uh, anyone else have any, anyone else watched this show? It's an AMC. Halton, Halton Catch Fire. Halton Catch Fire. You've watched it, Sam. I'm so familiar with the instruction. I've seen the previews for the show. It, it's a pretty good show once you get into it. So they, the company that started in Texas bets everything because they're tired of paying the timeshare people. And they buy an IBM, three, was it 3030? 
and uh, that's based in Daly, San Francisco, or Daly, California, near San Francisco, Daly, San And they, they literally have to move the whole company to where the mainframe is versus moving the mainframe to where the company is. Well, it's TV. But um, we certainly, but that was the late 80s, right? And, and we don't live in those worlds anymore. Uh, Main mainframe applications are running on your phone, right? At least the front ends of them are on your tablets, on your computers. Uh, it's it the mainframe doesn't necessarily fill up. Th this was a whole basement that was one mainframe, and it was pretty funny. The guy was sliding cards in and stuff like that. Uh, it it if you get a chance, watch the show. It's an interesting, interesting look back, but. You know, certainly the modern mainframe has come into the world of DevOps, and, and Rosalind, I, I think the work you've done with IBM has has led the market with that. And quite frankly, Sam, the work CompuWare's done has led the the market in in agile and and DevOps on on mainframes. How would you assess where we are currently in in mainframes? You know, in in the world of DevOps. Um, you mean where the mainframe is or where people are? I think those are two very different things. You're right. But we're not moving the whole company to the computer anymore, thank God. But let, let's talk about, you know, where where is the mainframe? And then let, we'll talk about where the people are. So you've got to remember the mainframe itself, IBM Z, is the most modern machine out there. The IBM Z platform has evolved every few years for the last ever since it was invented and we keep evolving the machine so the the machine itself is the most modern system and we've evolved the operating system we've evolved things such that open source tools work there we've done everything to remove the barriers from the system so that you can do exactly the same kinds of things whether or not you're doing ZOS development or another environment. I, and the Z hardware itself, we all know it runs, well, we all know on this call, it runs Linux on Z. And so, you know, it's a very large Linux server and it runs containers and it runs OpenShift. And it so from a system standpoint, it provides, there's nothing keeping it out of the processes and practices. There's nothing separating it from a system standpoint. It's the way people interact with the systems. It's their existing applications that make it harder. Sam? And, you know, I think Rosalind makes some great points. I mean, the, the you know, the current generation of IBM mainframes, the you know, Z15 is an engineering marvel. And the compilers and the operating system produce this amazingly efficient platform. It is, it is the most efficient hyper-converged system in the world today. But I think the elephant in the room is the is the word that you used a minute ago, and you said modernization. And you know, we we alluded to this a little bit in the way that the practices that people and businesses have today. Well, modernization doesn't mean moving off platform because we we already talked about, and we could go on for an hour about how great a hardware software platform this is for running business computing. It is amazingly efficient, especially when you look at the large scale global business applications that the Fortune 1000 run, which is where the platform has its largest footprint. So 
does modern, but perception is that modernization is moving your application into a cloud native application off the platform, you know, hosted by another provider or rewriting in Java. And nothing could be further from the truth. The COBOL compiler alone is a perfectly paired piece of engineering with that platform and lets you wring every last ounce of efficiency out of it. But people need to get past that, that confusion and say, what if I could work on the platform in the same way I'm working on every other platform? It's that normalization. And you know, we've kind of coined the phrase mainstreaming, mainstreaming the mainframe to make it different in syntax only. And Rosalind alluded to this. It's being able to work on this platform in the same way that you work with any other platform. So when you think about DevOps, that you have a DevOps tool chain that looks like other tool chains, that you can connect to all of the ecosystem partners that you're probably already using in distributed development. And people, people are definitely the problem. People and practices and culture and more than three quarters, in fact, 78% of customers say it would be useful if they could update their mainframe applications more frequently than they do today. So they, there is an aspiration to change and to get better outcomes. And you can see what they want. They want to be able to deliver value to customers more frequently. And that's just one of the improvements that they want to make. But far too many people are not making progress on that. Gerda, so you're not a quote unquote mainframe, you know, specialist, but certainly at modernization and, and testing of this. I'm wondering if you have any kind of uh, information regarding, you know, people using Tricentis to test mainframe based applications and, and, you know, is how big, how big a market is that? Yeah, that's a very good question. So, um, also, really, one major thing that you always have to keep in mind is, as we just said, especially when talking about app modernization, it is such a wide word and it can mean so many things to, to different people. And it's definitely something that's challenging for our customers looking at their current system landscape. So you see customers that are having everything in their landscapes from um mainframe applications to also often very legacy mainframe applications that are trying to uh, move on to more um, cloud-based environments. So that is something that we see very often. But it, it's really mainframes are still there, but the, the thing is that people really want to abstract away from the mainframe. Also thinking about where we are today, I think an important important question we have to ask ourselves is why is everyone so into app modernization? Why is everyone into migration into the cloud currently? And you think about it, nowadays every company basically is becoming a software company. And not every company has the talent and the resources to maintain those mainframe applications. Because at the end of the day, honestly, I struggle finding uh, COBOL developers nowadays out there. I went to the Technical University of Vienna and we definitely did not learn anything around COBOL there. And it's really hard to find the talent nowadays. Um, and when you look at it, so basically every company, be it like in retail, being in banking, being like in the energy sector, you now want to have connected systems and so on. So really everyone is going more towards being a software company. And with that, for 
people, it's becoming more and more increasingly important to have like really good platform as a service uh, offerings, maybe going into serverless or, or software as a service uh, in the next step, but really having not really to deal with the underlying maybe mainframes uh, and having a way of abstracting using simpler technologies and only caring about the applications and the data that they're running on those systems. So I, I, I'll be honest with you, I don't know if I agree with that. Um, I, I think, so here, here's, here's the premise of this, right? When we talk about app modernization, right? I'd love to live in a world where I could throw out an old app when I, because I want to have a new app, right? And, but, you know, we don't live in that world, right? And no one lives in that world. We, 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 you know, we, that's why we call it app modernization. We tend to modernize the apps we already have. And, and so when we look at, you know, I think out of the Fortune 100, 98 are on mainframes, or there's some number like that, Sam or Rosalind, if you know. I don't see 97 and a half of them throwing their mainframes out, right? As a matter of fact, they're probably building more on mainframes. And, and, and so what, what, what's happening is we're seeing a, whether you want to call it hybrid cloud, multi-cloud, whatever you want to call it, we're seeing where people can build maybe a front end for stuff in the cloud. But if that data is important, if security is important, right, if scalability is important, dollar for dollar, people who use mainframes know that that's their best bang for the buck. Mitchell, I, I'll let you chime in. You know, I have to jump in. So what's interesting is we kind of do this to ourselves with the terminology that we use. Mainframe is a word for a cabinet used to house the computers, the original IBM computers were, were stored in. If I said, hey, 71% of Fortune 500 companies rely on high volume transaction processing platforms, uh, 10 out of the 10 top uh, world's top insurers, 23 out of the 25 uh, world's airlines, top airlines, 92 of the top banks, percent of the ba uh, top 100 banks rely on high volume transaction processing platforms. You would say, wow, that's pretty cool. And it runs Linux and it runs containers and you can connect it to all kinds of applications from tablets and phones to uh, wherever your application may be running on cloud or on-premise. You'd say, wow, tell me about that. I'd like to learn about that. That's what mainframes are. So it, it's interesting. It, it's not going away. It, it and we, we do this to ourselves. I said the analysts have done this to us too, right? Today, it's all about this next shiny object, this squirrel moment. It is so vital to businesses today, and moving it into how we create software with DevOps and processes like that, and tools to support it, is essential for businesses, both economic recovery, survival, and future. Digital strategies can't happen without it for many, 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 many companies. Okay, did I get to do a good job, Rosalind and Sam? Mitch, those were great stats, and I think you did a great job quoting them. And I, and I boil that down to simply saying the worldwide economy and worldwide civilization runs on the mainframe. 
And I like the word mainframe. It has a little swagger. I don't think it's ever going to go out of style. <laughs> and renaming the platform could make it, you know, could make it cooler. It it simply gets things done. You know, we haven't renamed cars yet. You know, we'll maybe we'll rename them to highly efficient transport platforms, but I think we'll still be calling them cars when they have electric engines powered by portable fusion reactors. But customers see this as a long-term platform. So BMC does an annual mainframe survey, and the 2020 edition is going to launch soon. And I can tell you that 90% of the customers see the mainframe as a platform for growth and long-term applications. 68% of them expect the size of that compute platform to grow, MIPS to grow. 67% of those organizations have the majority of their data on the mainframe. They trust it because, as you said, it's highly available, scalable, secure. And to go back to Greta, you know, to Gerda's key point, you know, about younger workers, that is absolutely essential. But what's ha- what's going on is that people are addressing that because I think Rosalind and I both alluded to this. The, the syntax of COBOL isn't, you know, Aramaic. It isn't some incomprehensible script. <laughs> if you put modern tooling around this, if you put modern process and a great supportive culture that gives that great, you have a great developer experience, you have a great developer culture, then learning the syntax of COBOL is no more difficult than learning the syntax of Perl or Rust or Go. So we see that customers who see the platform long-term are making the appropriate investments. And in the responses to that survey I mentioned this year, younger mainframe workforce definitely figures in, uh, 43% more, less than five years on platform, 68% were under 49 years old. And 60% of that new generation see this as a growing platform. And that, that really matches the experience that I've seen, you know, in CompuWare's journey is that you know, we hired out of college and we have been hiring out of college. And those next gen developers are, you know, more than a third of our workforce now in Detroit. And many of them did not know, you know, COBOL. And most of many of our applications are written in assembler. They certainly didn't learn assembler in college. But what they did have was a strong bent for learning new technologies. Many of them came with computer science degrees. They had learned how to learn. They were what Gartner calls polyglot programmers, one, two, three, many in learning languages. So whether we needed to learn Assembler or COBOL or C, it didn't matter as long as we provided that supportive culture, the vehicles for learning, and we gave them meaningful work early on in their employment and made sure that they understood the vision, vision, mission, and goals of the firm, how they were contributing to something that matters. And I think our customers are having similar success in onboarding next-gen developers by doing some of these same things. Yeah, I, yeah. I think it's interesting, the, the statement, I can't find COBOL developers, because when I was hired in to work in this industry, nobody assumed you knew the language or the system you were going to work on. That was the thing you learned. You learned how to develop. And then you came in and learned the company's culture and the company's tool choice. By using modern tools, modern practices, all of these things, the things they've learned in college on how to do, they've already got. And then the only thing they're doing is learning COBOL. And as I as I always joke, it's just English. And I know that works really well in the US and, and parts of the world. And in other parts, it's okay, it's still a foreign language, but it's not a difficult language. It's easy to understand. PL1, another one, it's not difficult to understand. It, you're 
It's just another language and developers can learn other languages. But I do like, I am kind of with the discussion about the mainframe is not the word we should always use. And we really need to focus on how do we talk about our platform? I like the term mainframe too, I still use it, but can we, can we talk about our platform as this platform that provides this valuable high transaction server it's that big server and it's that big server as part of your pipeline. It's, it's not that old thing. It's that big new thing that runs all this work. And now let's focus on the applications that, honestly, the best thing IBM ever did was a program you compiled in 19 whatever still works today. And the worst thing IBM ever did was that program that you compiled in 19 whatever still works today. It's the best and the worst of the platform. You don't have to change. It still just works. And if we can help companies understand if they start to change some of those, they can do the automated testing. They can do all those things. They can get more value out of their platform. They can help refactor and be able to move at the speed they need to. So I, go ahead, Gerda. Yeah, these are all amazing points, and, and uh, I, I hope no one got me uh, wrong at, at the beginning with what I wanted to say. So really, it, it is it is something to, I really like what Rosalind just said, to talk about the, the underlying platform that is really enabling everything. But the point that I really wanted to make is that most companies are now becoming software companies. So we don't have that knowledge center of IBM where there are so many smart people and you can learn from people and really develop that amazing platform that you offer uh, other companies. But when I look at our customers, it's usually kind of self-built kind of mainframes that are sitting there that are not maintained, that don't apply to current recent security standards. And those customers, what you see them do often is they all hear the cloud is the next thing. We all have to go to the cloud. And they all do this one big mistake that they just take whatever they have and they basically do the lift and shift approach, bring it to the cloud and hope that everything's going to work. Of course, that's not going to work at all. Also from a cost perspective, that is insane. Thinking about how much cloud resources actually cost you if you don't do all the optimizations and so on. So what you see people do is, is kind of a step-by-step -step learning approach where they are taking things from not so secure systems, bringing them over to other systems, then starting to refactor the applications and giving more and more also responsibility to the development teams. And once they do that, you see the development teams really um, getting that DevOps approach, really caring about the infrastructure and so on. And for the de developers, of course, it's easier if they have container-based uh, applications that they can simply deploy and so on. But of course, underlying, it's very, very important that you have a, a secure and, and great platform that is enabling all of that. So I think that's a great case for why you'd want to use a mainframe or whatever you call it, because it's probably more secure than the cloud is, I, I think, and it's been proven. But here's an interesting thing I'll tell you is here I see in DevOps.com, right? This is DevOps.com, mind you. And it was surprising to me. Our biggest article last year on DevOps.com, most views, most views, most comments, the Beauty of the COBOL Programming Language by Bob Resselman. I, I forget, 
I don't know, it had a half a million or something, maybe more, like a crazy amount of views. And, and most of the comments were by COBOL programmers in India because there they recognize that there's such a, a need for COBOL programmers, programmers that you have a lot of young people who, who are studying COBOL because they know it's basically a guaranteed job for them, right? And they come out and they start working right away. Here's another interesting thing. So my friends at Tricentis will, will notice, will, will appreciate this. What do you think was another huge area of interest in DevOps.com? Running SAP in a DevOps world, right? We don't think of SAP as DevOps enabled or you know, maybe not even agile. But yet, I mean, even we did a roundtable um, a week or two ago on SAP and DevOps. I, I, I had to cut the questions off because, and these were meaty questions. How do I do this, that, and this, and this, that release? Right, it, w it wasn't just pie in the sky. They were very how-to, practical. Um, we're running SAP and we're, we're moving towards Agile and DevOps and we're doing these things. So while, while everybody, you know, we always rush to the shiny new trinket and the hot thing in our industry, I think the fact is, you know, certain things endure. And, and as Rosalind said, you know, it's, it's both their greatest and worst attribute. It is. But let, let's talk a little bit about app modernization because I think Gerda alluded to it. And, and Mitchell, I'll, th I'll throw it out at you. You know, no one wants to do shift and lift or lift and shift or whatever. It didn't work in 2005 when the cloud first started and it doesn't work now. But how do we do app modernization right in a, in a Z environment? Sam, CompuWare's made a, you know, it, it was the reason for your being in a lot of these last couple of years, right? Something Chris O'Malley always harps on. How do you do modernization right in, in a mainframe world like this? So first you, you do it on platform because, you know, I, I can't say that enough. When you see people try to avoid touching the mainframe apps that live on the mainframe, they do unnatural things from an architectural point of view. And they create these, you know, horrible kludges that are not robust, that are not scalable, that are not the most efficient you know, implementation and that aren't easy to maintain. So you want to bring those practices on platform. You want to provide developers with, you know, helpful editors with quality tools. You want to tap into, you know, automation pipeline. So build a CD pipeline that goes right onto your platform so that you give developers a great developer experience, but you keep the business logic and the data on the platform. And that, that goes to a number of things. You talked about security, something that you know, I learned a long time ago, the more copies of data you have, inherently the less secure it is. Because typically when mainframe data is moved off the mainframe, the security controls that are on the platform are not replicated. So if you can take that core business logic, that digital DNA that a business has you know, inscribed over 20, 30, 40, 50 years, continue to leverage that 
And of course, leverage systems off platform. And you know, CompuWare really blazed this trail of using cloud and mainframe together with two platform IT. We think these things are incredibly complementary. But what you don't need to do is replicate that data all over the place. You don't need to necessarily have a lot of on-prem systems. The term hybrid cloud was used, and that's a, that's a nice modern way to talk about that. We say two-platform IT because these things will pair very, very well. And the cloud, by the way, is an absolutely great place to host commodity applications. You know, if you talk about your company's email system, I probably cannot run Microsoft Office better than Microsoft can with Office 365 in the cloud. And you know, they can provide all the qualities of service, the latest updates. It really, it's a good solution. Can I, can I do invoicing better than a cloud provider like NetSuite or Oracle? Probably not. But what I want to do is focus on those applications that give me unique business advantage. The things that I wouldn't find in Amazon, Google, or Microsoft's application catalog. Those applications give me a competitive advantage. And in updating them, I increase that competitive advantage so I can provide new features, new capability. So I want to take that on-platform application. I want to bring to it things like automated testing, a, you know, make it part of a CD pipeline, give my developers a great set of tools and give them a great culture of development to help them help the firm be successful. That is the best approach to modernization I know of. And of course, you know, I work very hard to provide those things, including you know, program understanding so that developers can really get into code that they may not be familiar with. Because like when I talked about younger mainframe workforce, that's a good thing, but it also means that I don't have people who've sort of apprenticed with an application for 10 years before being allowed to do important changes. And you, know, you have people who are new to your firm and they're being tasked to do important work. So they need to be able to understand an application that may be older than they are quickly enough to inside a two-week agile sprint, make a change, test it. Hopefully, there's already automated tests present. But if there's not, they want to write some new automated tests and deliver that all as working demonstrable code at the end of that sprint, because that's the way the world works today. So if you do that, you're blazing down the road towards application modernization. And it's easy to talk about, but it boils down to just hard work. Well, and I think sure. that <clears throat> to build on, on what we've said here, I look at it as three, three elements to the strategy here. And, and this is just also sharing my own personal experience with doing this. First is the people and the culture and the, and the getting our heads around new, new processes, new ways of, or, or additional ways of doing things. That's what DevOps is about. Second is processes and tools which Sam is just eloquently talking about. I think the third obstacle to app modernization is this tackling the monolith because a lot of our applications were built differently that we're looking at how do we modernize? Well, why do you want to modernize it? Sometimes it's because we have to figure out a way to get in there and better maintain it because it's just kind of too scary to tackle the people that built it aren't there anymore. Another reason though is, and I think the way to tackle that sort of monolith part of it is looking at our applications and saying, what functionality, what capabilities, business capabilities in the apps are most important to having the most flexibility 
or improving the speed at which we can improve that software to respond to and support the business. If we're living in a world of changing how we're delivering services into contactless, we're, we're living in a world where supply chains are going to from inventory to on demand, whatever it may be, examine those applications, pick out where those elements are. And those are good candidates to go in and say, let's carve out that piece and look at some newer alternative designs for how we can more easily maintain or more quickly develop capabilities in that part of the software. Doesn't mean you move it off the mainframe, may stay there, may be a combination of things. But that's also part of app modernization. It's how we create software and the tools that we do it. And sometimes how do we take on really big problems, but divide them into much smaller pieces that we can do something about. Yeah, the, sure. the application modernization of AZ application does unfortunately involve understanding it. And so having those tools for application understanding is the first key, but then actually understanding the business is the other key. And so it's a combination of application modernization tools and understanding the business domains you're trying to go after. Really thinking about what are the areas, what are the focus areas, and understanding what you need to run. I, lots of discussion about microservices and I always question, do you really want a microservice or do you want a service? What, what level is the right componentization for this function? And I always use banking example because this one's the easiest. I, I need my credit card swipe to happen. And I only have a certain number of nanoseconds, whatever it is to make that happen. I'm not going to make that a thousand microservices. I'm not going to make it a hundred. I'm going to make it a service. That service has to run fast. It has to be efficient. So it needs to be written as a, not a monolith, but a service itself. Where is that service? Is it bundled in the middle of something else that's doing a whole bunch of other function? Can I strip it out? Can I make it? I need to look at the applications. And so using application understanding and the skills we still have today, because in many companies, they actually still have a few people left that wrote those apps, not maybe for much longer, but they have them now. Let's start to look, use application understanding, the next generation, and learn from each other. I think the next generation, the newer developers have a lot of skills in a lot of the new tools, and our the people my age have the experience in the app. So let's bring these people together to help build this new culture, to help bring this together. Let's take advantage of both sides and the tooling because even if they helped write the application, they still don't know the whole thing anymore. It's a monolith. Bring it together and, and take advantage of these people. Uh, use the people, both sides of the people. Bring all those skills together with the tooling to actually help you understand the business domains, the functions that you want to do, and split up that monolith. And maybe you're splitting it up into a bunch of COBOL programs. Doesn't matter. You're providing the business value that you need to in a more maintainable, manageable way. Fair. Guys, we're running closer to the edge on time. I wanted to touch on the issue though, because it's, it's what Gerda does a lot of, and that's around testing, right? As, as we're modernizing these applications, mainframe applications, we're keeping them on the mainframe, maybe we're hybrid, hybridizing them, if that's a word, right? 
putting you know front end here, back end there, whatever. We're modernizing the applications. Testing is an important part of it, as it is always. Anything special in particular that we're doing around the testing of the modernization of mainframe applications that perhaps are, is different than, you know, I, I Gerda, go ahead. When you think about when you think about testing, really, um, just as the whole topic of app modernization, also testing can be split into so many different bits and pieces. So the one bit is really the architecture um, that we're speaking about. Where is everything hosted? Um, are we dealing with the monolith versus are we splitting everything up into service-oriented architectures or microservices or whatever we want to call those? those things, really making sure that we shift testing more to the left, that we make sure that the components are tested and, um, and, and such. Then the other side is really around the infrastructure. So really thinking about, do you have those physical servers or do you have now more VMs, cloud-based uh, environments? Do you have containers and so on where you're hosting your making sure that the uh, intersections are tested properly. And then another point that's also very important is really also the process side of things. So the delivery side, are you having like more of a waterfall environment or are you going more towards an agile DevOps environment? And all those things also go hand in hand. So it's it's not uh, the, the, the typical um, approach would be especially you would have some more legacy type of applications that are running in the background that are really the backbone of your business. And then you would have more flexible uh, applications built on top of that. And for each of those, you need different testing approaches. And um, something that we saw here, especially when we say shift testing to the left, was um, that while it was so far really possible to shift testing to the left when it comes to testing, doing unit testing, doing API testing and so on, it was always very hard when it came to end-to-end -end testing, especially across systems, when you have different systems, older systems, newer systems, all working together. Um, because there you really didn't have that concept of just defining your tests upfront. And once everything is ready, you just run your tests. It was really very difficult, especially now I'm focusing on, on, on the space of uh, UI testing. Currently in the UI space, it was basically impossible to do that. And that is also something um, where AI approaches can help in the future. Because if you look at the applications that we're interacting with, no matter what technology is used in the background, no matter what type of um, programming language we're using, if we're having something in the cloud or on a, uh, on a server, it, do it doesn't really matter how we interact with applications as humans, hasn't really changed so much over time. When you look at banking systems from 20 years ago, I made an analysis, they look just the same like today. It's really, the, the applications that we work with on a day-to-day -day basis, although they move from one platform to the other, the technology keeps changing, bits and pieces keeps keep changing. The, 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 the way we interact with it really doesn't change so much. So there it really helps to bring in AI-based approaches that help you kind of take that human perspective when performing those tests to really be um, platform independent. Excellent. Sam, Mitchell, Rosalind, any thoughts on, on testing and app modernization with mainframe? 
I would just jump in and say it's a great place to start, not to say you're starting from scratch, but maybe you are. That whole CICD testing, and as as Gerda was saying, you you can use cross-platform approaches, right? It doesn't have to be one set of tools for this, one set of tools for that, et cetera. It can be, but there are some advantages to leveraging that knowledge base that Rosalind was talking about. You know, you've been doing testing now. How can you take that to the next level, whether it's getting quality up or speeding up how quickly you can do releases, whatever the driver might be. And as Gerda talked about, those are some fantastic approaches to take. Rosalind? Yeah, testing is one of the ways that we see people getting value fast. And it, it some ways takes less cultural change. It's, it's easier maybe to get them to do automated testing and automated testing is actually what makes you faster. You need that ability to test the system and shifting left using virtual services, shifting left by virtualizing the whole system, allowing you to test your application in the build process, doing unit test really does help in the mainframe space to get that feedback really fast. I mean, it helps in every space actually. But in the mainframe space, we seem to have forgotten this. I don't know why. When I started, we did it. Okay, 20 years later, people forgot. Getting to that unit testing, that automated unit testing, and making sure we're doing that virtual testing, whatever it is to get that application transaction and really have that capability. And there's lots of tools out there to do the testing. And the the other part is it has to be cross-platform because most Z applications are not Z only. So things, open source tools like the Galassa framework that help you test across distributed in Z matter. Things like test data as a service matter. Use optimizations, looking at AI for data and understanding what data should you feed this. And, and multiple people have capabilities around that to look at the right data to test to make sure you get that fast feedback all the way at the beginning and get that developer that input so they aren't waiting that six months of testing, that late stage testing that is the reason why everybody says the mainframe is so slow because they spend too much time at the end testing. Let's shift that all and, and bring it to the beginning. And then, you know, there are people delivering weekly into production because they have automated testing in place. Yeah, I think automated automated testing, and you have to underscore automated, is critically important. It's one part of this, and it's it's not about the old, you know, fast, cheap, good pick two. People need to continuously improve quality, velocity, and efficiency on the platform, and automated testing is a key part of that. You will get measurable results, and you have to measure the results. So you have to put automated tests in place. You have to put quality aids in place. And then you have to measure that. And if there's one thing that we probably didn't spend time today on that I think is a worthy uh, thought for people to put front and center, it's you've got to measure from the very beginning what you're doing because any effort like this is going to entail some amount of spend in terms of resources. It is a worthy spend. It is the natural evolution of development for the platform. But you have to treat your developers like the high-performance athletes that they are. You have to give them continuous feedback. So, you know, take, you know, use an analytics platform where you can understand what's going on with your development process, what's going on with your testing, 
so that you can see the results. And, you know, for when I looked in-house, what we were able to see is that as we evolved our development approach from waterfall to agile, and we put these, you know, automated tests in place, we gave our developers a great developer experience, continually improving their tooling and our tool chain, we were able to get measurable results, like 25% more trap defects, while, you know, that were uh, caught before they ever escaped into customer hands. We were able to get twice as much code from individual developers, you know, and deliver at the speed of business. We didn't get those results if we didn't make the changes, including automated testing, including a great developer experience. You, none of it is optional. You don't get a hall pass on any of this. Pick one and start, but you really have to think this is a journey and you're going to have to address all of these if you're going to get the outcomes that you want and be the most competitive that you want. And I've seen, develop, I've seen customers getting amazing results that are measurable by outside firms where they've done studies and been able to see more than a 467% ROI from implementing automated testing and building net new applications on the mainframe. So this works. I've seen the proof points. I've seen the customer case studies. Uh, I would just urge people who have been sitting on the sidelines to get in because the competition absolutely is modernizing the way they build applications on the mainframe. That was a strong finish, Sam. Thank you very much. Good stuff. Hey, Sam, Sam Knudsen of VP Product at CompuWare BMC Company. Rosalind Radcliffe, Distinguished Engineer, IBM Enterprise Systems. Gerda Shegenaku, okay, from Tricentis pro on product for AI testing. And of course, one and only Mitch Ashley. This is Alan Schimmel. Many thanks to Tricentis, by the way, for sponsoring DevOps Unbound today. This is Alan Schimmel. We'll be back in about another two weeks with another great DevOps Unbound. Stay tuned. And but for now, that's it. Take care. Bye-bye. <laughs>